Can you really master it in time? Is the demon sword Soul Crusher that has been bathed in the demon's own blood really so easy to handle? What are you saying? He who holds the sword rules Marmo. He that holds the scepter of domination rules all Lodos. Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And he's off to Fire Dragon Mountain. He's Josh. 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 Oh, right. Oh. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. Yep. Uh, I'll amend. We're two guys in their 30s talk about anime. I'm Andy. I'm Bill. Hey, hey. You know what that means. Lotus War. Yeah! Oh my god. So, we're going to talk about Lotus War, and we're going to talk about episodes 9 and 10, and the original intention was just to talk about 9, but we sat down and we took notes on 10, because goddamn, these two episodes go together. And one is really good, and one is not so good. You are wound up, I am really wound up. I am ready to talk about this damn anime. I I think they make a good uh, set together. Yes, they do. Kind of like how Trigun had two episodes that kind of went together. very much so. They have some issues they share. They do. Um, neither one's bad, necessarily. I like the second one a lot better. The second one's better. We'll get there. But they all have their issues. Yeah. You could tell they were getting a... We'll get there. We'll talk yep. about it. Yep. Don't worry. This week, Bill is going to handle episode nine for us, which is entitled, <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the millions of times I said it, The Scepter of Domination. Shihai no Oshaku. Uh-huh. And I'll be handling episode 10 today, which is the Demon Dragon of Fire Dragon Mountain. Karyuzan no Mario. <laughs> yes. There's so much to talk about. We're, we're kind of getting to the end. We're only going to have two more episodes for us to review the last three after this, because this is a 13-episode run. We'll do probably uh, 11 and 12 together, and then 13 in a wrap-up uh, in the last episode, so... You gonna jump to Chronicles of Heroic Night after that? Oh God, I don't know. Well, depends on how often Josh is around, but we'll worry about that later. We need to talk about Episode Nine, Bill. Well, we learn at the outset that Marmo is apparently in chaos, and the monsters yes. were really just beasts under a control spell. That wasn't ever established. Nope, or brought up ever again. Well, I guess the closest we have is we get that weird scene in one of the earlier episodes where. The goblins, they talk about how, like, well, the goblins are just kind of like, you know... Cashew yells, like, they're just savage beasts. Yes! And then we get the other scene where the hobgoblin is, like, mind-controlling them. Yeah, kind of. Like, he's, like, staring at them and they all, like, grow glow red-eyed all of a sudden. I thought that was that thing, like, in D&D where a leader gets, like... They can push their minions to get an extra action, I mean, bonus action or something. mechanically, yes. But, but it seemed like it was some sort of weird magical-y thing. And the thing that killed it was Emperor Bell dying. So apparently it was all tied to him. Yeah. You know, it's all confusing. And it um, doesn't matter after this. No, it doesn't. But I, I do want to say I do enjoy the fact that the last episode we saw the aftermath of the war from the good guys and how they handled it. And here they really are pushing the other side. And, well, how did the bad guys handle the death of of uh, Emperor Beld? Right. Which is cool. I mean, yeah, you, no, you, don't, you don't always get that. Uh, so, Vognard wants to release the dragon underneath Marmo, Cardus. Yes. And he needs a high elf to sacrifice to do it. Uh-huh. So he sends Pyridus to find one. Gee, if they could only find a high elf somewhere. I wonder who she could go after. I have no idea. This is Bob. He's uh, a high elf. Uh, we found him on the highway here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what language do vampire elves speak? Uh, this seems like a trap. I don't know. Transylvanian. 
just die. <laughs> God damn it. God, God damn it. <sighs> Can we go to Ashram being a badass now? The coolest yes. scene from the entire anime. We cut to Ashram. It's so, it's so cool. I love this scene. I know you don't, but I love this scene. Paint me a word picture. So Ashram is standing on his balcony. Yes, a badass looking balcony. Glowing sword out in front of him. Yes, determined. When a skull materializes out of wind and fog. It kind of reminds me of Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, kind of. Like the weird mist creature. And then it just comes screaming right into the sword. And Ashram doesn't flinch. He's just like, I'm going to stand well, here Why would he? Sword. It ran into his weapon. Yes. It's like, I'm going to charge you. Okay. Yeah, but it's also a spirit. We we learned that he can attack incorporeal creatures. Yes. Yes. And absorb the energy. Because he's like, after the fight, he's like bowed over and he's like panting. But like, he's got the sword and it's glowing. Was he absorbing it or was he feeding the sword? I think he was feeding the sword. Or trying to learn to use the sword? I yeah, well, I think that's the implication because Vogdard's like, Can Vagnar you master says, the sword? He's like, you haven't mastered it yet. So now we get the mantra that runs through this episode where Vognard tells Ashram that you can use the sword to rule Marmo, but you gotta have the scepter of domination to rule Lodas. Yeah, I think we're gonna get that, like, at least 12 more times. Yeah, it's a lot. We also find out something about the demon, which we didn't mention. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like the demon sword bathed in the bathed in the blood of the demon. Yeah, which demon are we talking about? And they just move on. Yep, they do. This does this a lot. These episodes. And he's just like tough nuts. The scepter of dominations in shooting stars cave. And then the demon dragon of fire dragon mountain. And Ashram's like, it will be mine. He just like falls for this trick. Yeah. Like immediately, he's like, I will do this it's thing. Like, Ooh. That you tell me I can't do something, I will do it. And Vognard's like, "Yes, fell for my insidious plan." Yep, so good and terrible. Uh, we cut to Parn and Cashew, and they're sparring with live steel. <laughs> this is a bad idea, considering how Parn is. It's paintball, but we use bullets. No, no. <laughs> what? That's what they're doing. I mean, I mean, I guess we're training, but we're gonna use our real swords. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's go play paintball. But you know what? Let's use bullets this time. Yeah, it's bad. Just a bad idea. Yeah, very bad. So Parn manages to take a chunk out of Cashew's beard, mustache, mustache I something. Think. You don't see the chunk gone. You just see like black hair spraying. Yep. And then for some odd reason, this sets Parn into a charge. He runs at Cashew, which he had to be pretty close to get the mustache. Yeah, but then all of a sudden he's way back again. Yeah. Because ah! <laughs> he has to scream when he charges at all times. Yep. And Cashew's just had enough of this shit and puts a serious hurting on Parn. Yeah, he just knocks the sword away, knocks Parn down. Yep. Yeah. He should not have used Dreckel's attack on somebody at that much higher no, level. No, definitely never never a go-to no. move. No. No. And then this, like, guard arrives. No, no, no. The dealer runs over to Parn. And oh, like, I forgot about this. And, like, fawns over him. Like, don't hurt him, Cashew. <laughs> Leave my, my, my big muscly man alone. Don't hurt him, Hammer. <laughs> I, uh... And then the guard arrives. Then the guard arrives. Yes. He just, like, rides in, yelling, Your Highness, Cashew, I got to tell you something, and then falls off his horse. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. Whoop, 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 whoop. So weird. I, I don't... Okay. Basically, Shooting Star's awake and pissed off. Yeah. That's what we find out. Yes, and he's unfortunately taking out uh, areas close to Cashew City of Flame, which is a poorly named town. Or well-named, because it's right next to Fire Dragon Mountain. Okay, you're right. We cut the slain having a dream. Yes, an image. An image. A vision. Of a uh, shooting star just wrecking shop. Oh, God, yes. And shooting star is the giant, gnarly, kaiju-looking motherfucker. It's awesome. The design of shooting star is really, really cool. Fucking four wings and, and really close up. Like, the, the everything just looks crazy. Yes. Trillion teeth. Yes. <laughs> And then Layla shows up in the room to talk to Slane. Ooh, they dating. He... I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, okay. And Slane is just kind of weird. Like, he's like, I have to continue my quest. Because she's like... Well, she walked in on him reading that dirty book. Like, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's reading a book, and, like, you get a glimpse of, There's like... There's some like... of ladies, and he's yeah. like, nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing to see here. And she's just like, are you leaving? <clears throat> he's like, yes. Maybe. Yes. And he's like, ah, yes, your robes look nice. I have... Yeah. I could raise them over your head. Yeah. It, it, it was... <laughs> 
It was strange. It was a really weird scene. She is wearing Gim's carved hairpiece, though. Yes. Yes, she is. And white robes, in contrast to the uh, gray-black robes of Carla. Yes. So we cut back to Cashew, and he's just completely cold-shouldering Parn. All right, he's suiting up, man. Um, and he won't let Parn fight Shooting Star. Mm-hmm. Instead, he wants Parn to go back and gather the Holy Knights of Fallas. Yes. Which he doesn't do. No, he doesn't like, do. That's a, that's another lost point. Yep, he's just like, nope. And then later on, we cut to a scene of Deedlet telling Parn to stop pouting that he can't get, can't go. Yeah. Because he, he, he's going to get killed. She calls him out for being a little bitch. Yeah. Like, you get killed anyway. Don't be a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about their friends for a while. They and flirt. Yeah, flirt. I love that Deedlet says the line, I know you're worried about wood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she knows his love for Cashew. They haven't invented phrasing yet. Nope. No phrasing. <laughs> yes, phrasing doesn't exist. And then she's just randomly, she's like, it's not our fault what happened to him. To him? To who? Oh, yes, Woodchuck, right? Because we're going to see more of that in just a moment. Yep. This is called a segue. Hey, we cut to a lot of fucking books. Yeah, books and candles and books and candles and books and candles. This has got to be a fire hazard. Oh, I'm my God. I'm sorry, what? God damn it. Um, this has got to be a fire hazard, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they're literally like, there's like five candles for every book, and there's at least like a thousand books. That's why their houses are made of stone at this time. No, that's a good call. Vognard is being creepy magic guy. Yep. And someone again is repeating the same shit about the scepter ruling Lodus. It's Woodchuck wearing the magical Carla hat. Yes! And he's just, I love how Vognard's like, what are you? And then she like, he, she, I guess she, because it's just, it's, it's Carla's spirit in yeah. the male body. Um... Just, like, strikes a pose. Yeah. And he's like, I love that he basically says, like, oh, yes, you've chosen that sort of trash body. She's like, ta-da, I have a wiener now. <laughs> he's like, any trash will do. So terrible. He's so, he's so fucking catty. He, he really is. It's so great. He's just a fucking dick. He is. Even to the point that Carl is mad that he's going to try to release Cardus. Yeah. She's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> And he's like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. And then we get a break card. She doesn't do anything to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. We just break card. Yeah, we break card. But we're not breaking card here. We're going to break card later. Da-da-da, da-da-da. We cut to Ashram. Same mantra again. Mm-hmm. He knows that Pyrrhus has been hiding in his tent, I guess. Yeah. Lurking around. Yep. <laughs> he's like, you're bad at sneaking. He just, like, throws a knife at the <laughs> yes. thing she's standing behind. Yes. He's like, you should sneak better without hiding your presence or something, Santa. I, I don't know. <laughs> Is he talking about her boob window? Yes. It's probably. a really severe boob window. <laughs> he might be. I think there's more boob window than there is material. I think so. Okay. And then she says that she's going off to work for Vognard. Totally yeah. ignores the question of what she's doing. Yeah. He's like, so what are you doing for, or for, for him? And she's like, she don't just, worry. She just emo cuts herself. <laughs> yeah. She fucking cuts herself and says, don't worry, I'll be back before this 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 wound heals clean. Y'all need an iPhone. Uh, need to fucking realize that there are other ways to measure time. There are things like called hours and days and iPhones, apparently. <laughs> oh, Christ. So, yeah, that's a thing that happens. Let me cut to Volus for some reason. Yeah, we're just back with Orson and Shiris. Just hanging out. In a alley. Mm-hmm. They're looking for no one. Not, e- <laughs> not even the creepy guys in cloaks. <laughs> That just happened to meander by, and Orson no-sells it, doesn't notice, fails his spot check, uh, and then Shiras catches it, but didn't get quite enough. It's like when you roll, and it's like, I got a 10. Ooh, okay. Well, for a 10, you see that there are strange people walking by with cloaks. If yep. you'd gotten a 15, you would have known what they were. Orson's like, I got a 2! <laughs> yeah. Orson's in the can. Yep. So good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Orson's kind of like the, uh... The gamers, darkness rising, where uh-huh. the one guy is just like not showing up. Yeah, so his character just stands silently in the background. Yep. yep. Can we talk really quick about the shot of the dark elves though, and that Fu Manchu Man, mustache? That was funny. It's fucking weird. Not, it's not supposed to be funny, but it's funny. But it is. I just wanted to mention it. <sighs> they just randomly are like peeking out of their mm-hmm. robes and yep, facial hair hanging out. Yep. We're inconspicuous. No, you are not. <laughs> Anything but. Then we get, like, a brief shot of Ato. Yeah, Ato's begging Cashew to, like, let him and Parn go. Mm-hmm. And Cashew's like, no, this is a dragon quest. <laughs> okay. 
What does that mean? <laughs> you know, a Dragon Quest thing. Like the video game. He's like, fuck you, stay here and take care of Fiona. Yes. I mean, bang my daughter while I'm gone. <laughs> it's, I mean, not, it's not his daughter. Fiona was oh, the king. Yeah, the you're king's right. you're daughter. Right. I, the other king. You're right. I'm wrong. Oh, that's fair. Then we cut to Osherman Company again, right? Yes. What are they doing? He's riding through a canyon, and then he randomly says, Cashew's also after the cat. <laughs> after the scepter. I guess the Dark Elf told him? We don't know, though. Like, No, the Dark Elves are still... But there's a Dark Elf there in, like, a cloak. Yeah, Dark, dark Elves don't share a mind. It's like a hive mind? It's not? No. Okay. Well, I mean, we don't know that in this world, but I guess. not usually. Usually not. That's usually not a trait um, that most beings have. And then Dragon. Yeah, just flies overhead. <laughs> And Ashram just charges straight oh, forward. He's just like, I want to kill a fucking dragon. My sword needs blood. He's like, look, there's a fucking kaiju the size of a jumbo jet. Why don't I run out right after it? Mm-hmm. It's a demon dragon. Might as well, you know, demon sword, demon dragon. But he's just riding after him. He's not even like, it's flying. You're in a canyon on a horse. Well, I mean. What is your plan? The, he was hoping the animators would poochie him up there. I guess. Whoop, 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 whoop. Then some rando soldier. Just rides up, takes his life in his own hands, and tells the king what he's gonna do and can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised he didn't just, like, gank him right there. Oh, I know. I was waiting for it. But instead, the sword just glows. Yeah. And it... Ashram's like, sword, you recognize your master. Yeah, you know, here's the quote. I am your master. No, the, here's the quote. I love his quote. He says, demon sword, do you sense that your master has changed? Demon sword of darkness. Fucking cool. He's like, I rode after a dragon for a while. I could kind of see it's Grundle. I guess I'm your boss now. <laughs> oh my god. Like, <sighs> and don't forget the best part of the scene. Dragon Grundle? The creepy dark elf smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like pans over to the one cloaked dark elf with him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> All these Marmo soldiers and one dude in a brown cloak. Like, hee mm-hmm. hee. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, I'm going to totally fuck this guy over. Then we're back at Volus. Yeah, Edo's just having a little pity tea party. Yeah. He's like, it's a pity we can't go anywhere, Parn. Yeah. We don't know what to do. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much the... That's all I had written down. Yep. And, he he uh, makes his bro Parn tea is what I wrote down. Yeah. Elsewhere, we cut the deedlet, being a, Dis- a Disney princess. Yeah, she's just chilling with birds. She's got bird friends. And then she suddenly gets manrikied. Uh, the bird just, like, evaporates. Oh my god! What? I don't get that reference. What's, what? what's a manriki? a weapon it's a like a spiked bola on a chain oh that's a, that's what oh. i think it's called a manriki chain oh so so that they get brigitte i don't get it it's overwatch she uses apparently a manriki i know what a manriki is i don't know what a brigitte is Br- brigitte. <laughs> brigitte is a as a fighter in overwatch and she uses a she has a big mace but it, but like when she hits it flings out like that and be, kind of becomes like a like on a chain and like with like a ball on the chain, like the head of it becomes like that. So, welcome to the moment the Venn diagram doesn't overlap. <laughs> uh, I also was thinking about uh, Gigi in uh, Kill Bill. Oh yeah, that was the other. Okay, one. that one makes sense. Yeah, I get that one. I guess that's gonna have to be our, Vin, our uh, overlap. That, that's the overlap part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gigi's <laughs> Menrikis or whatever, and Gigi. Yeah. So, anywho. She gets fucking surrounded by Dark Elves. Yeah, surprise, all these motherfuckers and cloaks are just Dark Elves. <laughs> and they beat, they beat the shit out of her. Well, there's like four of them. Mm-hmm. Three of them, whatever. She, she holds her own. And this is when we also find out that Parn has a danger sense for Deedlet. Right. Like, she's getting, like, attacked, and he's like, huh? My motor senses are going off. Oh, no. No, that's not true, because no. he doesn't care. Because he, he doesn't know that Cashew's Cash not in danger, Exactly, yeah. Cashew's not in danger. That's currently. what that is. Mm-hmm. Um... So they just used the Manrikis to just throw him against the tree and tie her up. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess, Deedlet is a princess? Yeah. Because that's what, uh, as Apiritus says, you know, st- stuck-up princess's reputation. And Deedlet calls her a peasant. Yes. Just savage. Maybe a little racist. Yeah, probably yeah. true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've actually gone in the wrong direction here. Yeah, I don't. I don't okay. Ugh. I actually don't like this. I don't either. Then suddenly, Shiraz and Orson are back. And they show up to help save Deedlet after they fall around their cloaked drow, I guess. Mm-hmm. They could have showed up a little sooner, I suppose. They definitely could have. Pyrtus tries to cast a spell on Deedlet to make her sleep. Mm-hmm. You can't cast sleep on elves. Uh, maybe it's a drain energy spell. Uh, but the heroes do 
save her and all the drow uh, get foe when they realize that Orson is a uh, berserker. Yeah, and I love how Orson is the one to pick out that, like, Puritess is the strongest. I thought that was just kind of cool. Like, yeah. Like, he could just look at him and be like, she's the higher CR. He's got one of those, uh, one of those special abilities where he can, like, pick out, you know, who he can take. Mm-hmm. And... Absolutely. But that was one hell of an intimidation check. He just stands there and holds the sword for a minute. And, and they're like, <gasps> yeah, I think she says, uh, oh my god, Huri. You know, what's that, that name of that spirit of anger. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get maybe the first instance of Deedlet saying, Pup-pup-parn, the Marmo <laughs> are going to Fire Dragon Mountain. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, maybe if we ever do Chronicles of Heroic Night, that'll make more sense. Yes. Back at Fire Dragon Mountain, Ashram just rides and thinks how much of a badass he is. <laughs> yes. Um, on the other side of Fire Dragon Mountain, Cashew rides in and thinks about how much of a badass he is. Yeah, we get some symmetry there. I mean, you know, both sides think they're hot shit. Also a little bit of saved animation. Absolutely. We get a lot of that here at the end. Um, basically, a lot of people just riding horses with, like, three frames of animation repeated over and over and over and over and over again. I was actually starting to get a little nauseous. Yeah, no, I kind of was too, because it just kind of goes on for about five minutes. Because I think, because Parn and Dealit and Shiras and Orson all get on in the action too of, like, the randomly riding on. Yeah, we have Dealit and Parn riding, and then suddenly Orson and Shiras show up with mm-hmm. them. And they all head out to save Cashew, which I yep. guess that is his boner sense leading him to yes, Cashew. absolutely. Because they have no other way of knowing where he's at. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to have some fun, apparently. Yep. yep. And then they talk about their loyalties and how they're all together. Yep. Uh, times change. People change. There are those with ambitions and those who fight to build a future. And now opposing desires once again move across Lodos to clash in a new struggle. It's a narrator. Yep. That's what he do. He's all like, there's going to be new stuff fighting now. Get your dicks ready. That's the end of the episode. That is. That's yep. episode nine. Uh, do you want to talk about that one now or wait till the end? I think we can wrap them up together. Okay. Well, like, I think these go together well. I think so. they do. Yeah. So before we get to episode ten, the demon dragon of Fire Dragon Mountain, you know what time it is. <clears throat> yeah, that time. Welcome to the Break Card. My name is Andy, and you are listening to another amazing episode of the Tuning Japanese podcast. If you couldn't tell from some of our references, I think especially the second half, we make a reference to Super Smash Brothers just releasing. This is an episode we've had kind of sitting, waiting, ready to go for a few months now. But we have released our newest episode, our review of two more episodes of The Record of Lotus War. We've only got two more of these bonus episodes to go before this particular season is closed. I want to thank you guys once again for everything that you do to help make this show successful. And if you really want to help the show, there's a number of ways you can do so. Aside from just downloading and listening and supporting us, you know, post over on our social media. Head over to Facebook.com slash TuningJapanese. Head over to at TuningJapanese on Twitter. Go talk to us. Come chat with us. You can chat with us also on our Discord at the Questionable Endeavor Network, QuestEndNetwork.com. There's a link to our Discord on there as well. So go do that. Check it out and join us. Uh, We'd love to have you get involved in the conversation. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Those things, I cannot stress enough, go such a long way in helping us make sure that we can spread our show to other people. You know, whether it's you telling other people or leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to the show, it helps that algorithm, it helps spread the, the news and helps other people find our show that maybe wouldn't have found it before. So thank you in advance. If you have not done so, take a minute out of your day to do so. That would mean the absolute world to us. And of course, the other way to support us is at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash tuning Japanese, where you can donate as little as $1 a month to us, which we put right back into our programming. And that helps us pay for all the costs associated with hosting and with keeping the websites up and just being able to take the time to write these reviews. Everything that goes into that Patreon comes right back and allows us to do more for you, the fans. It's 2019. We're trying to come up with some new ideas for how to spread the show, things we can add to our content and our programming. So be on the lookout for some different stuff. I know, for example, Ray and I want to sit down and do a discussion for a bonus episode on the Dragon Ball Z Broly movie that we watched, the one that's in theaters currently as of the recording and release of this episode. 
We saw it. It was a lot of fun. We want to talk about that. We've got ideas for expanding our show onto other platforms, for adding more content. So be on the lookout throughout 2019 for more of that. Speaking of content, again, I just want to mention the questionable Endeavor Network, questandnetwork.com. Go check that out. Go read my article that I just posted this morning about Metroid Prime 4, a major update in its development. Again, I like to post a lot of stuff about wrestling, about video games, about anime, all kinds of stuff on there. You can go check that out on that page as well. Let's get you to a quick advertisement for another amazing program on the Questionable Endeavor Network and right back into our review of Record of Lotus War. You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium. Come join us as we talk about horror movies, horror fiction, and horror television. Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium. New episodes coming soon. We're back from the break. That was a long break card. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it's going to be a lot to edit out. Episode 10, The Demon Dragon of Fire Dragon Mountain. Are you ready? Yeah. Sweet. I'll wait on you. So we got some guards and they're just waiting, like, you know, doing that guard thing. Yep. Guarding. guarding. Yep. And 10, uh, all out of nowhere comes shooting star. Just shooting fire. Doing what he do. Mm-hmm. I love Most of the time he doesn't even like show up to shoot fire. The clouds just turn red. Yeah, pretty much. And then it's just all and of a sudden every, everything is engulfed in flame. The finger of God comes down and just like, meh, fuck you. Very cool. Um, I love the fact that they are using siege weaponry though. Like these, these, these guards. Like they know that they're waiting for a fucking dragon. It's worth a shot. I mean, I mean it's the best chance that they have. It's still not a great chance since that stuff uh, doesn't turn real easy. No, but... Aim real well, but I guess if they have them pointed in multiple directions, maybe it'll help. It beats using a bow. It does. This isn't, uh, The Hobbit, you know. Right. Where, anywho. Well, they had a magic arrow in The Hobbit, didn't they? They did. Yeah, so that yeah. helps. Yes, it definitely does. Uh, so, this fight does not go well. <laughs> no. Because, like, that, all that flame I mean, happens. Depends on who you talk to. Well, true. Cashew is not happy. He's like, where the hell are my guards?! Or something along those lines. Shooting Star thinks it's a great success. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's enjoying it. 10 out of 10 would would incinerate again. Great uh, success. Uh, great success. Hey, there's a scene where, in all this fire, like, this dude just gets completely incinerated. Like, he's just standing there, and all of a sudden, flame, like, just completely covers the screen. He's like, ah! And he he's just, like, like, completely vanishes. I'm being a guard! Wah! <laughs> it's so good! <sighs> Parn... Decides that he's gonna get in on this action. He runs to one of the ballistas. Yeah, because why not? And he just grabs hold of the handle and he's like, oh my god, it's hot! It's sizzling. And he ends up using it, which is pretty dank. And the bolt goes flying through the air, hits the dragon in the eye. Well, kind of. The dragon kind of like catches it in his eyelids. I don't know if the dragon catches it or if it goes in the dragon's eye. I don't know because it falls out pretty easily. Yeah, but he's a dragon. That's fair. A lot of hit points. I guess. So, um, but it hits, and then the coolest thing ever happens. For some reason. For some reason. Which is lightning decides to strike just that bolt. Yep. Which then electrifies the whole dragon. The dragon freaks out, flies away. I don't know why the bolt was made of all metal. For one. <laughs> yes. And I'm not sure That's expensive. Why it is. And heavy. Yeah, it's not going to fly well. No. Unless it's like titanium, but they don't have that. Yeah. Or mithril, but that's expensive as fuck. Yeah, don't do that. Never um, do that. Maybe because Delit is a druidy? Maybe. Person? Maybe she called lightning? That'd be a pretty high level spell, but she did take on four drow by herself. That's true. Not successfully, but still did. They survived. Survived it. Absolutely didn't die. I mean, I, they were going for subdual damage. I think these are, uh, I think all these characters are pretty high level. Yeah, this is not a low-level campaign. I mean, I know Cashew's a little higher, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all... What do you think? Tenth, at least. I think so. Although Parn, I think, starts as, like, a first-level character. In, like, episode one or whatever. When he's all like, Ah! I'm gonna fight goblins with a stick! Or he could just be fighting him with a stick. It could be. 
But like, he's all, but he's also kind of incompetent. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't get his first set of armor until, like, the dramatic moment of, like, here's my father's armor. I finally get an armor class. Yeah, and he survived without it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. We get a cool shot of the volcano looking all neat and, like, lava flowing. All volcano-y. It's pretty cool. I like the the shit. It is hot. Um, That's fire. And speaking of the, the volcano, we get a shot near the volcano with Ashram ready to take on a dragon like a boss. Pretty awesome. But Pirata stops him and says, you um, can't do that because it's a fucking dragon. Because dragon. And he says, but the sword wants the beast's blood. So emo and so goth and so amazing. Why don't they put the sword on a ballista? This is an audio podcast. You would have seen me like just completely like (laughs) my eyes go wide. It is an audio podcast. Or no, Don, video podcast. Visual medium. Visually appealing. One little scratch will kill him. Yeah? That's all it takes? Yep. Stick it in the ballista. Mm-hmm. Uh, she calls him foolish for going on a what she calls, quote, a fool's errand. What he needs is a scepter. I hear if you have the scepter of domination... Holy crap. ...you rule all of Lodos. Yeah, that's, that's what they say. That's what a wise man once said, and then said it again. And again. And again. And again. Ashram then follows it up with... A mere scratch can serve to be fatal. It should serve you to remember that. Looking at the mark on her arm that she cut. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Kind of a weird line. I mean, it's a cool line. It doesn't make full sense. It doesn't. But it's still pretty awesome. That's starting to look infected. (laughs) Maybe you should go to a cleric. I know a guy on the other side. He doesn't know any healing spells, though. (laughs) He's kind of a shitty cleric. Go to the wizard and just have him, like, Colorize it. <laughs> I know. I bet Deedlet's a better healer. Go, go see her. Oh God. We get a shot of the sleeping dragon, the dragon's horde, and then the scepter of domination. I want to talk about the design of the scepter of domination. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you think of the design of the scepter of domination? It looks like a back massager. Oh God. But ringed with a bunch of little naked ladies. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. It's like a like a vibrator with Barbie strapped to it. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I can't. Yeah? No. No, I can't. Yep. No. Yep. I no, I can't. You can't Google it? No. Not no. go no. <laughs> I mean it's kinda of what it looks like, right? Yeah, it does. No. I mean, I, I guess that's a fucking weird way to describe it. Hey, jealous elf. Jealous elves are jealous. Yep, Shiris is bandaging Parn as, like, Deedla is walking up. She's like, oh, gasp, a woman is looking at my Parn. I don't think she's totally unfounded in this one. No, Shiris is definitely yeah. throwing herself on Parn. Absolutely. She's like, oh, hey, Parn, and get all close to his face. Like, you're a sexy beast. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but you, essentially. Now, I've noticed that Shiris kind of has more of a, a square jawline and... She... Oh no! No, no, no! I don't. Where are you going with this? This is no. like this is why Par might be worse than her. No, yikes! <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm just. I wonder if they're intentionally trying to draw her as less attractive than Oh Deedlet. Maybe basing it like on a charisma score, or do they just kind of do a weird job with her like in profile? They just sort of drew her. Yeah, I don't know. Face stocky. Because she doesn't always have that. And she also has kind of a weird, deeper voice, too. Like, the voice actress, at least the American voice actress, is a little less, like, light and bubbly. And, like, more, a little more masculine, too. Yeah. So, I think... She's a little think, more butch. Yeah, let's... <laughs> no, but, um... I'm not wrong there, am I? No, you're not wrong there. Uh, <laughs> I use that correctly. Uh, <clears throat> lit jumps in. Because they're talking about, like, the... To them, they're just worms to the dragon. And, which, by the way, dragons, worms. I like what, like where they're going. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't think that was intentional, but I like it. Dietlid says, It makes no difference. A human's life or a worm's life. A life is a life. It's woke Dietlid for you. Well, according to the dragon, she's not wrong. Yeah. You're like, fuck all you! Yeah. Hey, Vognard! (laughs) Just decides to fucking get pissed off and kill one of his dark elf friends. The dark, this dark elf shows up and basically like recaps everything that just happened. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, uh, Pirates and us didn't uh, manage to do that for you." And he's like, 
You came back without doing what I told you to do? You beat me back here? Fucking die. No, no, he said, like, you dare show up here before I do? Is that what he says? He says something of that sort. Okay. Like, how dare you be here before I was here? Oh, I thought it was like, you. how dare you show, show up to me without doing what you were supposed to do? That, but, makes, that makes more sense. That's what I thought I heard. But either way, he just fucking destroys him with no fucks given. Mm-hmm. Completely destroyed. Uh, we cut to Cashew. And I forgot all about Dump Master Saddam. Exposition dump, that is. Yeah, is there a character named Saddam? No! No! No, this is Dump Master Saddam. Pretty sure he's not Dump Master. He's Exposition Dump Master. Because he's here all like... So, Saddam is Cashew's right-hand man. And we're just now seeing him. In uh, Chronicles of the Heroic Knight, we see a little bit more of, of Shaddam. But Shaddam is there to be like, aha, let me tell you all about the dragon. I know everything about the dragon. Dragons are great. Uh, he says, there is a back door to get to the dragon. Yeah, I was very confused because he kept talking about the dragon's path. And I'm like, is the dragon going somewhere? Is that why he's flying? No, the dragon's path is its own little thing. Yes, it's literally a back door through the mountain. They call that, yeah. It's a back door into his lair. Yes. And apparently no one has ever returned. Sounds like a forest I once knew. How do they know it's even there if nobody's returned? Good question. Because one asshole fell through the earth and then all of a sudden fell through the sky and then all of a sudden was out of the mountain, probably. That's what happened in the forest of no return. Parn oh. falls and falls and all of a sudden he's falling from the sky and he's outside and then they're all like, Parn! Oh, yeah. And running out of the castle or the, the forest. Fucking stupid. Huh. Hey, um, they, he also tells us about three lances possessed by Myri, uh, that kills dragons. <laughs> so they're lances. Uh huh. That kill dragons. Yeah, you might call them dragon lances Some or something. Some kind of dragon lance. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Alright. Mm-hmm. Never heard that used before. I feel like that should have been more important earlier. It says there's like, by the way. Hey, and by the way, they don't show you this long and arduous journey to go get these things, which is gonna take some time. And Ashram is literally perched and waiting outside of the dragon's lair like, I'm going to fucking kill me a Yeah, he's like, we need these dragon lances. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I know. It's fucking weird. I just have to bring them. Uh, Hey, Parn can't go. Because he's a reckless motherfucker. I think we established that earlier. Do you think that Parn gets wood when Cashew kind of manhandles him, grabs him by by the collar and says, like, if you go, you must follow my every word? Without a doubt. Okay. I thought so. Yep. Hey, we cut to Lelia, Nice, and Slain all of a sudden. Which you, when we were watching this, I loved your response. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, Lelia's got hold. Oh, I said you let herself go. Let herself go. No, that's what she'll look like in 20 years. Slain's like, I must go on a journey. And they're like, no. And he's like, I must. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And then he goes. And Nice is like, Marfa, protect him. And that was all that scene was. Yep. It yeah. was kind of a pointless scene. Shooting Star wakes up, for some reason. Because why not? He's mad. Yep. And uh, Ashram and company just stand there watching him fly off. And uh, Pirates goes all badass because she says they have this exchange of dialogue. Because <laughs> he's going to go. And she's like, take me with you. <laughs> take me <laughs> with, with you. you. <laughs> and he says, and if you get in my way. <laughs> then she says... Then kill me. <laughs> to which he says, as you wish. This relationship is brutal. Yeah. I love it. It is not healthy. But it's unhealthy. <laughs> so terrible and good. Oh, hey, by the way, we get one more repeated creepy smile from that dark elf to remind us that he's not actually working for Ashram in case you forgot. The exact same animation. Uh-huh. Right before a break card. Yep. Uh, so... When I was writing these notes originally, I blanked out for a few minutes. Um, so I had to rewrite these notes as we were rewatching them today. I literally wrote in my, my, my notes. I blanked out for a few minutes. What the hell is going on and how do they get these spears? But we find out there really is nothing to that. Nope. Just kind of like. That wasn't you. That was, that was the narrative. Yeah. Here you go. So apparently they find the dragon's path. There's walking. They get the spears. There's more walking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They go into the tunnel. The tunnel splits off in multiple directions, like a typical D&D dungeon. Yep. Do you want to take the left or the right path? Parn's ready to charge in until Orson's like, wait. Then throws a rock into one, and it 
just collapses. rubble collapses yeah. everywhere. And I love how Cashy's like, you see, Parn? This is why you don't go running into places. Could be a reckless little twit. Pretty much. Knock it off. Except it doesn't work the second time because they're like, well, then we'll go this way. And then I guess steam. Steam vents. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure because they call it flame at one point in this scene. Do they? I missed yeah, that. They're yeah, like, they're like, oh my god, the flames! To me, it looked like steam. I think it's steam. Uh, it just kind of spurts up out of the ground. And, uh... Kashirish runs in there. Yes. But no biggie. She uses the spirits of the wind to blow the steam to the side. And see, we said before they were spirits. But this time it really does sound like she's saying self. Yes. Self, capital S. Mm-hmm. As in a deity called self. Mm-hmm. I know we debated that the first episode. And... Yeah, we had... We had, we had a, we're kind of confused about yeah. that. I think... At least in this scene... She's talking about a singular entity. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she helps them get through it. Yeah. get through the vents. Um, at one point, she's, like, gonna, like, get burned by all of them, but then she, like, fucking hulks out of it and, like, just blows wind everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I realized that. No. Not what I meant. Wording, phrasing. Phrasing. <clears throat> hey, we go back to Shaddam, who is left with his soldiers, just essentially to be like, oh, my God, my men are dying and being crispified by this dragon. This is awful and horrific. Watch these horses trying to get eaten. Yep, pretty much. Which is kind of what you do with NPC followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. The bad guys find the dragon's horde, and, uh, of course, Ashram sees the scepter of domination, which is used to, you know, rule all of Lotus. Yeah. He goes for it, but then the elf... The dominator's dirty slaves. Yes. He goes to reach for it, but the elf says, no, wait. And he casts a spell to allow him to reach his hand into this weird crystal thing. That's and weird, collect too. it. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, ancient divinities. Let the master reach uh, through your portal. Let him jam his fist in there. Oh, no. There. Something like that. Oh, no. I was like, I've heard of sneeze and, like, Ashram's hand falls off. Oh, no! It's terrible! Huh. Ashram grabs the scepter. And Shooting Star is unhappy. Yep. He's not pleased. Is he unhappy or is he, like, in under control? Maybe both? I don't know. I feel like he can just sense it. It seemed like he was unhappy, like his eyes narrowed and he, like, brought his head up. But he's a dragon, so, like, nuance of emotion is not really there anymore. That's true. If he was under control, he'd also be like, oh, I better do what I'm being told. This is when the good guys show up, and they kind of pop in and be like, oh my god, it's Ashram! And this is also where Cashew becomes a ventriloquist and speaks through Orson. (laughs) This was definitely a a mistake of the dub. He's just, like, putting peanut butter in Orson's mouth. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, Orson, Orson is talking... But um, they fucked up and Cashew read the line. Yeah. It's very obvious and very terrible. Uh, Ashram reveals himself. And they banter. Oh, they banter. Yep. So much banter. There's a big fight that breaks out between both sides. It's kind of boring until Ashram and Parn go face to face for the first time. Well, the second time. Yeah. Well. Well, kind of. The first time was more of a stare down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashram and Parn fight for a while until Ashram disarms Parn, but... That happens to Parn a lot. Yes. It happens a lot, a lot. Yeah. A new challenger approaches. Perfect timing for Super Smash Brothers next week. Uh, it's good that this scepter can, you know, also stop fire. Right. It not only controls dragons, but stops fire from happening. Stop, fire. Yes. I've dominated you. <laughs> to which Parn says, that's on fire! That's on fire! What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, to which Dlit also gets the stupid <laughs> and says, Parn, the Marmo can't have that. No shit. No fucking shit, Captain Obvious. Ashram stands up to the dragon. Pretty epic, not gonna lie. Pretty fucking epic. Yeah. And then Pirates jumps in. She leaps in front of him and pushes it back and says, No, we can't fight a fucking dragon. Let's get out of here. I wasn't trying to fight him. I was trying to dominate him. Uh, the dragon almost gets at Ashram. But Pirates pushes him out of the way. She falls, and he catches her arm. So which they is, save each other. Which is good. Yes. Except? Uh, yeah, this allows the shady dark elf to steal the scepter. Yeah. <laughs> he does the whole, like, yoink, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, like we didn't all see that coming. So all the good guys attack with the spears, while Deedlet uses Sylph to protect them. Orson goes all Kimari. Pretty badass, just kind of like driving the spear downward. Yeah. Really neat. Just bonkers. 
the, we cut to Ashram and like, he he pulls Pirates up. The dragon shoots more flames, but Pirates jumps in the way of the flames and takes all of the damage of the flames, which is really weird. It's like the same thing that Gim did when Carla like shot that weird magical fire, and he's like standing up against it, and everyone else is like, "Oh, for some reason, all the fire is hitting him, even though it's surrounding us." Yeah. It, again, what level is she? I don't know, but she fucking dies. But psych, no, she doesn't, because he's like Pirates, and then she opens her eyes suddenly after dying. Yep. And then she's like, "Okay, now I can die." And then her shit falls off. So yeah, but then we know it is absolutely off. dramatic headband falling off means death. Ashram holds her, and then falls into the amount into the mountain alongside the dragon. Parn looks concerned. I kind of like that part where yeah. like everyone's trying to get foe, but Parn stops. And he's like, "But, but Ashram, we should help him." Yeah, like, yeah. it's like an well, honorable he's thing. He's yeah. a hero. I love that. I love, love, love that part. It's the best part of it. That crazed fucking shot of the dragon's eyes as he's just blasting a straight line of fire, though, yeah. is so cool. It's just like, I'm fucking dying, and I'm just going to fucking put everything on fire. So cool. They all stand and watch the mountain, unsure what to do. And then we get our narrator. First encountered amidst flame. Ashram vanishes amidst flame. Their meetings were marked more by the crossing of swords than by yeah. the ex- damn it, stop it, than by the exchange of words. Yet Ashram's silent death has etched itself upon Parn's heart, and we get a, a flashing image of Ashram holding Pyrotes while Parn's looking, um, and then it fades. And that's it. That's it. That's episode ten. That's the, the show. That's uh, not the end. Of that the guy show. died. That's. There's more to come. You've got. You still gonna do a Vognite? <laughs> That was episode nine, the Scepter of Domination, and episode ten, the Demon Dragon of Fire, Dragon Mountain. You and this is twenty the... bucks to deal with Wagner in New York City. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! And this is what part of the show where we talk about what we thought of these two episodes. Hey, Bill. Hi. Hey, tell me what you think. Let's just let's have a little dialogue, shall we? By no means were these episodes necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. I think this is the low point of the show. A lot of the art was beautiful. Oh, yeah. The dragon, especially. But the animation was bad. It was very bad animation. There was lots of pooching around. Mm-hmm. Lots of internal dialogues. Lots of recycled frames. Mm-hmm. Nine more than ten, but they both suffered from it. Yeah, I, I would agree. If the only victim of that was Shooting Star, I think I could have let it go. Not that I think they did it on purpose, but it at least would have given an otherworldly quality of such a powerful creature. Mm-hmm. But it was it wasn't obviously no. It was so much of it happening um, all over the place. I don't know if they were just trying to save money in the middle, so the the beginning was really explosive and the end will be really explosive. I think maybe that's probably that's kind of my thought. Or they were running out of time, and so they cut corners, or I don't know what it was. But mm-hmm. and like you said, even the dub had some weird stuff, like Cashew coming out of Ashram or Orson. Yeah. Or, uh, yes, I'm sorry, Cashew coming out of Orson. Yes, yeah. Clearly, you can't skip these if you're watching this. Cause no! This, this Episode is so 10 hev- especially. This is so heavily serialized that you'd be lost. Yeah. They could have done without the 900 times of, you used a sword to rule Marmo, but you used a scepter of domination to rule Lodos. Like, we, we could have, like, maybe twice, maybe yeah. once an episode. Yeah. Not repeating it constantly from multiple characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's probably all my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think... The, I think the other takeaway from these, these episodes is just the confusion. Oh, by the way, the monsters had been controlled the whole time. Yeah, there's a lot of... Now they're mindless beasts. Or like, hey, what about those dragon lances that exist that we can use to kill dragons? Yep, oh, I got them right here. Yeah, it makes no sense. But aside from that, episode 10 is great. Episode 9, not as great. But well, even the scepter of domination kind of falls. In it. Like we don't hear about it at all, mm-hmm. and suddenly, yeah, here's a scepter. Yeah, yeah, it, it's becomes a MacGuffin. Here's the most important thing in the world. Yep, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our reviews of uh, those two episodes of Lotus War. Uh, next time we do Lotus War, it's episode eleven and episode twelve. That would be the Wizard's Ambition. Mm-hmm. And final battle, Marmo, the Dark Island. Yes. But still not the last episode. No, not the last episode. Even though it's the final battle. We'll be back with those two episodes, and then we'll uh, have one final episode of this season, this bonus season. Um, this is really more of our season season now. Yeah, Josh never yeah. show up. Right, Josh. 
man up, be here. Uh, but no, we'll uh, we'll be back with those. We'll have two more episodes in this, and then more Wolf's Reign, of course. Until then, take us out. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. Because the other one's off at Fire Dragon Mountain. Yes. I'm Bill. Hey, and I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. Ha ha! I'm so confused. Bye-bye. You know, it's actually Latin, and Transylvania comes from trans across Slovenia, the woods. So it's a land beyond the woods. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like The Shadow Vein Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, The Reanimator Podcast, Perilous Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their scotch. Let's go.